If it takes away Eldar or GSC as you're put forward, you are completely fine with it. Hello everyone, we're treating you to yet another episode of Enter the Matrix Road to WTC. This time we'll be touching upon the team Germany that was requested a lot in the comments and on the Discord channels. And I've got Nathan with me. How are you doing, man? Hi guys, nice to have you. Nice to have me again. Thanks. It's uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got a lot of time to run with the dog, so like mm -hmm. it makes sense. Like you can be tired. So I think let's get straight to it. Uh, even though people were saying like they have weird armies, I think when I went through their lists before we get to their specific lists, I think they are not as interesting as those two teams that we mentioned before i think usa and aussies actually have slightly more interesting lists at least for me because those seemed like cookie cutter armies but with some interesting choices but not like a completely wild out their lists that have completely other approach so uh let's start you want to start start nathan yeah so this is more of an interesting one it goes less down oh it's a show we're talking about custodes plus agents yeah. for those who are listening so the list is two blade champions two alaris captain trajan five units of four shield guard with spear two units of three alaris and a calidus assassin so this is the more msu version i guess whereas normally you would see some blocks of wardens, some blocks of uh, guard. So the big units of guard. Uh, whereas this has got what five units with five characters and two units of terminators with an assassin knocking around. Usual kind of two captains for three strats and some other things. Two blade champions for two advancing charges. Trojan for just ignoring all the modifiers. So pretty st standard. If you can take five characters, that sounds about right. The four-man units with Spears Guard, there's a bit of a what you take with Custodes sometimes. Do you take the more offensive sh Shield Guard, who are cheaper, or do you take the um, Wardens, who tend to just survive a lot longer with the minus one to wound, and the one use only, fill of pain pop? Um, <clears throat> there's but, one thing, though, about five times four shield guard that I find interesting that they didn't opt to take any single guy with a storm shield or however the shield is called in Custodies. Oh, they're all I, spears. Yeah, they are all spears, so there is no one guy with four wounds where I think having one guy with four wounds sometimes is very useful depending yeah. what you face. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, just even having just one... There's there's still a fair amount of three damage weapon. It's it's not that common that you always get into combat with your entire squad anyway, so probably one's going to die anyway. Might as well make it a little bit more difficult to kill. So yeah, normally, but for 10, it's normally, what, like 2 and 8 or 3 and 7. Yes, yeah. one has Vexila and maybe 1 and 2 Yeah, other guys have. So the other thing that's interesting in this list, every single unit except Kalidus actually has a rerolls to wound against something. Alaris has against vehicles, monsters, and characters, and Shieldguard has what was on an objective. Yeah. So there is actually like a force multiplier included in there. So I don't I think this is more of a defensive approach to custodies. Yeah, I'd agree. Yes. Yeah. Something more about holding objectives, etc. Maybe three time three men Alaris squads are actually meant for those OC breakpoints sometimes. Mm -hmm. That you actually have six OC from three Alarus. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't even be surprised if sometimes one of the Alarus would have a captain included in them, depending mm -hmm. on the matchup. You do not necessarily have to have all of them in shield guard, in my opinion, at least. So I find this list being like 
quite straightforward. You don't need as much of an agent support if you have so many units. Although yeah. I'm curious what is the reasoning, except what I just mentioned, for two times three LRs instead of three times two. To have even more teleportation options, you already have one with Kalidus with the LRs doing that innately. But there must be a reasoning why you take a third guy in a unit instead of three times two. Do you have any yeah. idea why it might be so? Or, like you said, the only thing I can think of is the six OC. Uh, yeah, I would normally have seen two two two. Maybe there's like mathematical breakpoint of killing chaff on the marker as well. Like three oh, guys can actually kill enough of say regular marines. Yeah. yeah, something like that. That they just kill enough to always take away a marker or something like that. Do the shield guard have vexillazine as well? No, they do not have vexillazine. No. Because vexilla also takes away spears. So like yes, you lose the combat weapon for them. Yeah. Yeah, so you lose. So, so interesting the four with a character. Uh ten, the, ten not it doesn't mean you're always gonna take an objective. So you might not always get the real to wound. So maybe the squad size is it's an interesting one sometimes. So say for example, a knight or a wraith knight, you're not controlling that objective, are you? I mean against regular uh, war dog you control, but yeah. War dog, yeah. But like a Wraith Knight, you're not going to get full reels to wound. Yeah. Probably not. Granted, you're minus one damage anyway, so you're not doing a lot anyway. But uh, yeah. But yeah, I like to say, this seems a lot more put forwardy, more MSU, but still quite tanky. Yeah. When I'm not really sure whether I like put forward cast outs without one squad that can actually kill something tough. Yes, yeah. But a lot of other characters. Yeah. yeah, a lot of points. Which do not necessarily force multiply as well as much. No, not so. always. Okay, moving forward. We have Thousand Suns. This is a rather regular list. RNA came out with a list that's very similar to what was played by what is played by Vic. There's Ariman on a disc, three exalted sorcerers on discs, three infernal masters. Magnus, Sorcerer, regular Sorcerer. Six squads of rubrics. Two of them have only Flamers and Reapers. Four of them have Bolters and Reapers. One Vortex Beast and one Rhino. So it has less Rhinos than what Vic plays and a little bit more rubrics. So... Yeah. I'm, I'm interested by the choice of three Exalted. That's something that we were talking in previous episode where we are about you guys actually dropping from three to two. Yes. So like there's I think law of diminishing returns when it comes to halving movement of opponent units. Mm -hmm. That sometimes it will not be as powerful. Obviously that rule is really really good. Like you yeah. cannot discredit. But no. especially because you can double move them back. Uh both yeah. of them. So that's where I think Vic got to, where I think he did try three, but then if only two are realistically coming back again, the third maybe doesn't, unless you're throwing one away to do that and then do an action maybe, but then again, you're wasting kind of points a little bit. Uh, yeah, Vic has a second Rhino just because it makes it a little bit easier for table choices and everything else. Um, and more chat from what I recall. Yes, yeah, he's got six units of five. I think Vic only has five units of five. So I don't quite remember what the exact difference is. Oh, ours has got demons. Ours has got demons. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. But yeah, it's it's really, really tricksy. It plays into the player skill aspect more than even, say, more like the blocky Thousand Suns list. At least for me, in this edition, at this point of time, Thousand Suns are the coolest army to play. 100%. When it comes to tricks, actual choices on the board, and feeling like you won the game because of your choices and decisions when you're playing the army, instead of winning the game by just the sake of playing Eldar, say. Yes, because it's actually quite a fragile army in some aspects. So it ends up being quite a lot of the time you have to pick your battles very carefully. If you let if you let a thousand suns player gang up on, uh, let them 
gang up on your units, they can knock them down and you just start snowballing and losing the grip on the game. Whereas if you drip feed them a little bit, if you want to play for a draw versus a thousand sum, sometimes you can. So it's just how you play into them sometimes is quite difficult. But then you've still got the slowing you down, so it's difficult to for you to play your objective game as easily. You've got Magnus is still a big punch. Sorcerer makes things difficult to shoot. Rubrics is still really good damage output. Infernal Masters are fantastic. I'd imagine he has one of those. I'd imagine he's got abilities on all these, yeah. 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 But yeah. Araman on a disc is an interesting choice. They obviously still haven't FAQ'd that a character on a disc can't go in a rhino, which is stupid because it's just got or the infant sisters. Way. You have yeah. Junior Arulita in the rhino. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, of course it does. Uh, but they said Big G couldn't go in a white what truck. But anyway, um, so Araman on a disc is an interesting one. It is more useful because it gets to jump around and it makes its ability more useful to get to new things, and there's not really any points difference. But it does make you shootable over the ruins that we use on small ruins. So there's ups and downs of taking Araman on a disc. Yeah, but if he's not within the ruin, behind the ruin, and like you're using coherency to be the units be fine, it can be fine because he can join the regular rubrics even if he's yes. on disc. Yeah. Right. So so like you can still work around it, and being like if you are smart about it. So it's yeah. not necessarily that bad. For sure. Cool. I think we've touched upon TS a lot in a previous episode. I think this is another army that sometimes when we are talking about this edition and how certain armies perform, killing Magnus in a turn when he's pushing you is another kind of a stat check that certain armies need to be able to just fulfill because otherwise they will be very punished for not being able to handle it. So, so yeah. Mm, moving forward. Uh, so, another thing that's not really surprising, right? We, we've got the regular GSC with Biophagus with Infiltration, who will be joining 10 Aberrants. Clamavus, two Nexuses, three Primuses, two Saboteurs, one with Vect. 10, 10, 10, 5. Demo uh, demolition charges hybrids, three time 20 seismic neophytes, and one mortar ridge runner. Yeah. Is there much? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just Abbey's yeah, regular. It's the same as the last two teams. <laughs> yeah. So now Aussies do not have Abbey aberrants, but like everything we said about. USA and Aussies actually will translate to this army, so I would much rather not get too deep into it because I think we said everything about this army till this yeah. point. So if you want to hear more about it, watch or listen to the previous episodes because we touch more on GSC there. Sure. But now for a spicy take. You want to take, mm. take those big boys? So yeah, I'm actually glad Demon... Again, I was glad yesterday when Australia had Knights, and I'm glad that Demons are in the German team, one of the top teams. So we got Belakor, Thurston with the King of Blades, so he actually can actually kill things. Chaos Fateweaver, Lord of Change with an Everstave, again, so he actually does some damage. Shalaxi, Blue Scribes, Changeling, three, three Nurglings, six Flamers, and three Flamers. So the kind of, it's basically Monster Mash. It's Kind of role in pairings has always been a bit of an interesting one because it's not terrible at scoring, but you are going to get to a point where sometimes your chaff dies. If you're if your lone operatives in the blue scribes and changeling aren't able to get certain things, you're probably going to have to do cards with a monster at some point. The kind of issue that demons have a little bit is they pay for the invun tax and they pay for the combat tax, which is intent now. So a lot of the time they don't always trade up. Like Shalaxi is phenomenal in combat, but she's 400 points. So yeah. if she gets to hit something powerful, great. But if she doesn't, she can trade down sometimes, which is not ideal. But the list has a ton of tricks. It's again, it's a little bit of that GK list that we talked about with the uh, uh, US team. 
but you've been able to pick up monsters, move Bellacore over, deep strike the monsters six inches away from him, so you can have a six-inch charge against other people. Being able to tag objectives with, say, Keros, he taps an objective, and basically if it's the first couple of turns, roll a d6 and you basically get your CP back, uh, so that the objectives are sticky, things like that. Uh, this doesn't have the Blood Crusher bomb in it, which I quite like, but again, it's just monster heavy. Lords of Change, for their points, are ridiculously good for 230 points. They just have a little bit of... They don't do quite enough damage. If tagged in melee, they suddenly do nothing. But... Yeah, they do absolutely nothing. Yeah. So they're, they're pretty good. Walk around, do scoring, those kind of things. But yeah, I actually I do really like demons. Uh, they just kind of struggle sometimes. They're good into... like. Static gun lines, if you want to play guard, yeah. very good at drawing with guard, because if you walk into it, it's going to out-combat you, and then it just sits within Bellacore range, and you just go, oh, okay, I can't shoot you with anything. Um, yeah. But that, If you remember Bellacore being tough and nearly unkillable previous edition, you should yeah. never even try to look at the new one, because it will make you no. very sad. <laughs> no. What he used to be in toughness, he now gives to the rest of the army from hopefully not yeah, being Yeah, I, re I remember seeing one game where like Carnivore killed him in one close combat and like that can happen actually. So he, he's not what he was before. No, my first game of 10th was with Demon Monster Mash because I saw, saw Lords of Chains and I'm like, oh cool. My, Flying Circles is back again. And I charged Bellacor into Canis and did like 10 wounds to him and then Bellacor died. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay, okay, maybe 10th is a bit different now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a fun list. And I know the player who's playing this list plays pretty much predominantly only demons. Uh, and he's a very, very good player with it. So I still expect him to do quite well. You could probably prey on some things with this, especially if people haven't played into demons and it's a little bit like we were talking about in a previous episode where is it diminishing returns if everybody else has necrons gsc elder whatever that you need to play into do you then devote time to learning to play demons when half the teams don't have it uh, especially a, being able to play a game against a high enough quality demon player like this yeah uh, this army has a lot of tricks similar case like with gray knights right yeah do you devote your testing games into those armies? Yes. Which exactly. I'm, I'm not yet sure. So if you were to say what this army can counter, except like, say, Guard or other shitty armies, what would be your guess? Because so, I actually struggle to find an answer to that question. Yeah, because you don't really out-combat and you definitely don't outscore Custodes. The Thirst is kind of decent, but and Shalaxi is decent, because at least if a Custod unit has a character in it, they get a character keyword, Shalaxi gets full reels to hit, full reels to wound, and then the minus one attack. But she doesn't have fight first, and the Custodes have fight first, so and she doesn't have minus one damage. So it's still like, yeah, you lose an attack, but yeah, you might still half die trying to do it. she got fellow pain yeah. as well, I guess, which is good. Um, yeah. Death Watch... Kind of scary shooting. Picks up all your little stuff. The monsters then have to do half your scoring. And you don't want to stick up one first to see primary. And big thunder hammers with both of moments are still yes. good into it. Yeah, if, if Thirsters or Shalaxi had the ability to walk into 10 Marines and just go take them all off, then yeah, I'd, I'd be like, okay, a demon's. These monsters gonna, but yeah. But usually they will kill enough so the four thunder hammers will strike back. Yeah, and they will probably kill most of you. <laughs> I'll do like yeah. enough trading damage that you then go, okay, well then the unit dies, but I've you've killed one veteran squad for two hundred points, and I've killed a three four hundred point monster, and then it's like, yeah. oh, okay, uh, it's it's pretty drawy because some armies just can't interact with it shooting but yeah matrix wise eldar's not great gsc is awful no. uh oh yes yeah gsc just has a field day with this uh necrons might be a bit drawy but you probably don't have enough to uh, do you have enough to kill the blocks i you don't think you do. mm, probably not no uh 
yeah, like first attacks, maybe kills Crypto Frolls. If it does, yeah. then resurrecting Crypto Frolls, and then suddenly it's like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and Shalax is great because she has precision, but in this edition, you just stick all your characters behind a wall, and then it's yeah. just like, oh, you can't target. It's like, well, that's a great rule. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's such a stupid rule. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Like it's your like... epic challenge, and the guild <laughs> says, "No, I, I'm I, sorry, the, the door's closed. No, yeah. Not gonna happen." Just stands behind a wall, and he's like, "Not here." Um, so yeah, pairings. Not quite sure where this list is. It's difficult to push into. Like if you get to, if the demons get to pick their charges on their terms, because they're not getting shot up as much. But then again, they eventually do have to walk into the centers to actually score points and cards. Because what? 32 of the 50-odd points for secondaries are in the center of the board, predominantly. So then it becomes a case of you're probably stepping in 18 inches. And Bellacore can't protect everybody all of the time. Otherwise, you just yeah. have a mob of monsters just on one objective. So, um, Which, on some missions, might happen. Like the very yeah. first one. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it's great, but I'd be interested to see how well this list does. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like... Genuinely curious what is the role in the pairings for this army. Mm. Because I don't immediately see it, and I spent some time trying to figure it out whilst on a walk today, and I just couldn't. So maybe there is something we are missing. I hope so. Yeah, but I, I, maybe. Yeah, I think nits you can push away. Push from yeah. the board. But not like the horde nits. Horde nits are like, yeah, cool. <laughs> You killed half a gargoyle unit. It's six back. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice um, yeah. Interesting. Rooting okay. for it, though. Rooting for it. Uh, then another army, which I don't think is that different. So mm. we've got Death Watch, which doesn't have Grandmaster, but it has Captain with the Tome of Second Over of Moments. Phobos Librarian with Teeth of Secrets, which I remember is the better close combat if you're in kill something. Mm -hmm. Then you have 10 10 5 5 5 5 Death Watch Bat for a total 40 vets in six squads. 10 Desos, 2 times 3 Eradicators, 2 times 5 Infiltrators, Landspeeder, and Repulsor. So mm -hmm. there is some plan with Repulsor and playing units within, within the transport. But other than that, is there like something standing out in this take of Death Watch, except that it has 10 more Death Watch vets compared to other armies and it has no Inceptors? Yeah, so it's the Repulsor is an interesting choice. Like the Repulsor would, for me would be like an obvious choice if you could put Desos in it, but they can't because they have the wrong keyword, don't they? That's something that I'll check. But what yeah. stood out to me is actually not having in any Inceptors. Yes, Which, via just obvious little scoring. Yeah, yeah, because rapid ingressing three inches away is very, very powerful. Yeah, so... like we originally got rid of them, but then it was kind of a case of... Because they, they are expensive. They are expensive. What, three for 135 points? They're not cheap. 115, uh, I think. 115, sorry. Um, but then again, they're usually getting you four to ten points a game just through secondary cards, sniping lone operatives, potentially, uh, or just adding that turn where you have to push, just dropping in two units. But, and then also having units that can deep strike three really messes with people's game plans. Like dropping yeah. three, if, you, if you're lazy and you don't put something good on an objective and he kills a character on an objective, he's now taking your home objective, which in certain missions, or if you get the card, is a load of points. To clarify, yes, the Slaters can ride in the Repulsor. Oh, they can, can so, they? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so I can see this being played in like some like mirrors, for example, mm. being a nice tag. And like the Repulsor itself also has like decent damage output. You can yes. scoff at it. So it can also be used to like transport Death Watch vets into frontline as well with like two mm. times five in it, or even like two times five and you rapid ingress it from outflank, etc. So there's mm. some play. I am surely I'm interested like about eradicators. Yeah, it's an interesting choice. And like 
the lack of inceptors is really, really interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, from a scoring perspective, the inceptors just because like kind of need regular death watch list, you could see in this case swapping two times five death watch vets into two times five uh, two times three inceptors, and that's kind of your cookie cutter death watch. There are some like choices you guys have. Hellblasters instead of Repulsor and Landspeeder. Mm -hmm. And this is another list which doesn't have Thunderfire Cannon, which can also be impactful in certain matchups because that's slow. In a meta that has surprisingly a lot of blobs, mm. yeah. can be quite useful. Yeah, so... definitely move that way. Yeah. But... yeah, pretty standard. And I think it went a little bit less with not taking Inceptors. It is less tailored into countering GSC, which I think a lot of Death Watch lists might have went too far and that matchup will never happen anyway. Like, if you have, as a GSC, one matchup that you surely lose, that one is never happening. So I think yeah. over-tailoring into that matchup is just straight up wrong. You want to make sure it's good enough for you that you win it consistently. So that matchup just opponent will avoid. So it messes there your pairings a little bit. But you want to make sure that this army will also play into other things, which I think yeah. they've done quite well. But I don't necessarily think that dropping scepters is actually that impactful into GSC matchup. Mm. You still need the, all those Death Watch vets to actually push the board and push away the GSC army. Yeah, he's kind of just a, the Death Watch versus GSC is still an interesting one because if you don't, if you overtech it, you just never play it. So now you, like you say, you've kind of got some not wasted points, but you have units that are maybe less effective. But if you don't tech into it quite enough, you can, GSC can actually start drawing that game potentially. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this has kind of covered all its bases pretty well. Yeah, I think Phobos Librarian with five infiltrators is just the base for playing yes, against yeah. GSC. It's just also just really good. Just yeah. yeah. Like we even looked to take in two Phobos Libbies with two infiltrators. Yeah. It seemed a bit I, extreme. I can see that. But it is like you play any kind of gun line against the guard matchup, against some other matchups, or the, even the Eldar matchups, if it gets you another five, ten points a game just because you've got your two outfield two furthest away objectives from them. Just being that I've got two pretty solid loan operative units, yeah. to get your points. But, and those yeah. loan operative units can actually kill other chav because yes. librarians smite with oaths, etc. They can sometimes hold their own. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's good. Yeah. Mm. Then I think this is not the wildest craft words we've seen. Maybe you want to walk us okay. through it. So. This is an interesting one that actually came up quite early on with the Eldar. So he's got an Autark, Avatar of Cain, Young Khan, uh, Farseer, Illic, Spirit Seer, three Fire Prisms, a unit of five Rangers, single D Cannon, three Voids with Prisms, a single Viper, and then a five man Wraith Guard unit. So no Wraith Knight. And only five Wraith Guard. Yes. Is he the only Eldar player who didn't take a Wraith Knight? Can't be the only one. I, I would imagine someone else also didn't take one. Yeah. But still, this is more of a MSU approach, mm. if anything, with like some choices like Illic with Rangers for the, again, low knob squad that can shoot yeah. with snipers. And two avatars for like that resiliency. On markers yes. because they are still good, but there's no light spinner. No, Again. they are expensive, but young cons and the night spinner are a fantastic combination. Uh, I think there's there's another team who's got three night spinners with a young con, which might be a bit excessive, but it's yeah, just having a, a little bit more indirect than one D cannon would be nice because. As we've seen from some of these tables, it's quite difficult to get fire lanes. Fly is not as yeah. amazing as it was in Ninth. You don't actually get ranges, sorry, line of sight for prisms. Uh, voids are pretty good at getting angles and stuff. 400 points in Eldar with like all the rerolls, they are 
Yeah, Solid. it's still really good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah. So the avatar is probably going to have to do a lot of primary holding because he's just very very tough to kill. Halving damage is just because of course they gave half okay. damage. They gave minus one damage and loads of invuns to most of the Eldar stuff. And then the two things that have half damage in the Eldar list, even though it's a dying race army, somehow, it's still most survivable. Uh, so yeah, the Avatar is going to be doing a lot of primary, I'd imagine, holding, especially center, those kind of things. Yeah, I it's can see avatars... it, it being 5,000 turned one, pushing <laughs> forward and just going at it. Yeah. Like, I absolutely love the Avatar. Like, I've just painted Josh's and he's using it at an event this weekend. And, oh. uh, like, it's it's just being able to use fake dice for charges means that you're, you're basically anything 19 inches away, you get to charge it automatically. Just using a six for its Overwatch, so it gets basically two to four oh, hits. hits. A monster yeah. melter gun. Again, it's great. Good in combat, hard damage, not that expensive. But yeah, having no Wraith Knight is an interesting one because it kind of felt like the Wraith Knight was a big counter for GSC because this doesn't have any... This, I yeah. think a lot of armies cannot handle Wraith Knight with its club bug. True. Like, True. If you don't kill it fully, suddenly you are in a lot of trouble because everything got yes. exposed. And, and the amount of overwatching damage. And it is the best overwatch in the game, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, it's dumb. Uh, interestingly, this might struggle more with, say, GSC, because it doesn't have any spiders and doesn't have any... Um, what are the shadow ones called again? Spectres. Spectres, thank you. Um, but I can definitely see it. It might actually be a better put forward in some ways, although arguably... The other Elder really Army want to do so it much damage. Eldar. Yeah, exactly. So there's better armies. But no, it's definitely a cool list. I'd be interested to see how this does without the Wraith Knight. And only a small Wraith Guard block. Um, obviously scores very well. It's lots of fast things. Young Khan's just amazing. She'll get... She won't work in about six months, probably. Um, yeah. Let's enjoy but, while she's broken. 100%, yeah. But she is like fun broken, I would say. Like she's a, yes. Like I I actually find her interactions throughout the editions that she was playable the most fun model I've played with. Because of the oh, yeah. level of fuckery you can employ is just out of this world. And yes. so and there are like weird interactions that I always love with Incarn. If you have Wraith Knight, here's, there's no Wraith Knight, but killing something in Overwatch so you can fly, run yeah, away, exactly. etc. So there's... But I think, as we spoke in previous episodes, having Eldar, I don't think lists matter that much because they are still obnoxiously good. Yes, yeah. And they're this like is... potatoes, potatoes. I think there might be choices for specific matchups. I think Wraith Knights are still broken. But yeah. this, this is probably like... what a second. No, no, go on. This is probably what Elder's gonna look like in six months. <laughs> they're they're yeah. so ahead of the meta yeah. that this will be like, oh, this is actually the more balanced, more tame kind of Eldar list. Uh yeah, I'll, although the lower part of the list just I hate it, the fact that there are two avatars <laughs> in one list, but it's it yeah. might be only me. Yeah. We're a competitive podcast, let's not delve into lore. Yeah, much. Crazy. <laughs> uh, then a quick list, and I want to correct myself from the previous episode. I only today read up on the Chaos Knights and that the, their Meltas actually have strength twelve. So oh, yeah. I was convinced they had like lower strength as other factions oh. have. So, so okay, they they are slightly better, although they are really random still. But still having Melta four and two shots on strength twelve and AP four is actually something really good. So you can see in this list, they actually have 14 Dragon Breath Spears, or however they are called, or Demon Breath Spears. So, yeah, it's a list that just decided, yeah, we don't like Carnivores as much. Let's just bring more more Meltas into the list. 
and have more stalkers so we can give out more assassins. That's the concern I would have with this list as you go, I'm basically going to get 12 to bring it. If you can kill baby knights, you're going to get, what, 30? You're going to get 20 for bring it down, and yeah. you get four points for every character. So it then becomes a case of I could get 36 by killing four stalkers and three guys. Yeah, and if you kill, if they play them defensively, so if you bring like... yeah. Like the previous list with Aussies brought with only two stalkers, I was like more okay with it. Mm. Because I think then that second mission might not be as good when if you are going to play fixed. And I think playing fixed against Chaos Knights is very tempting. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's something that I just find off. Because if you want to play defensively with stalker stalkers, sure they will be holding the backfield objectives at the same time. But if opponent kills like three of them, getting 32 points from secondaries still is, yeah. I think, uh, around average you get if you have good tactical army, I would say, yeah. against an army that you can score uh, tacticals. Because sometimes certain armies are very good at denying the tactical missions. But yeah. So you, you could argue that maybe sometimes... Taking fixed against this army, if you're not amazing at killing knights or digging knights yeah. out of terrain, it could be a bit of a trap because he sticks four four stalkers behind a wall. And in a lot of the missions where you only have to sit on two objectives because it's ten points, he just just maybe string sits one so out. So you put so you put one huntsman, one brigand on on each, and just kill and your just, turn, man. And then just reserve the rest. Then you just go, okay, you. The Chaos Knight player might not get a ton of card points, might get 20 maybe, but if he's denied you most of your killed vehicles and most yeah. of your things, if he keeps you to 10 or something like that, uh, I could see I could see it. you could end up being in a trap situation where the Chaos Knight army picks a really heavy table and just goes, cool, all right. I'm forcing you to actually play your hand. Yeah, because I've got move through terrain, so I can hide most. If I can hide most of my stuff, reserve the rest, and just plonk one out to do a card every so often that isn't a character. And yeah, this list actually yeah. surprisingly well hides on the board. It does. Like, yeah. if, if you haven't played Chaos Knights, I was like thinking when I was playing that army first with like thirteen baby knights, it would be hard to hide them. Surprisingly, that's not as much of a case. No, it's not too bad. And this one with fourteen, to be honest, isn't even that bad either. Yeah. But then again, it still can go the other way. You kill you can, some characters. You kill the, the only thing is you can reserve at most three knights because of the yes. point limits. So like you cannot do as much with it because no. they do not have deep strike. No. So. Yeah, I I don't think there's. Is there like a thing that chaos knights can counter? I can see it like being played in into guard, say as a defender on heavy table. But as a defender on the heavy table, if you see one wraith knight, you just cry. Uh, yeah, like unless unless he lets his wraith knight be ganged up on, because uh, yeah, do I don't know if it's a general rule or it's the way the WTC's ruled it. Melter's quite nice when Melter's unaffected by modifiers. So yeah, it is rules as written, by the way. So Melters do not add the damage profile; it's just for more wounds effectively. I don't remember the correct wording. So for anyone listening, if you have a rule that says says zero damage, like Ghost Kill Scan from their uh, or Magnus. from their drone or Magnus, you still take the Melter damage. Yeah, so it's a weird one. Yeah, or I like... think that should be a fake you. <laughs> like that, that yeah. seems like that seems like weird and mm. an interaction that's just missed by how they worded stuff. Yeah, or like even say we we're just talking about young Khan and Avatar, they go right half the D six plus four, like ah, yeah. okay, interesting. Uh, but so melters, if you get in short range, is quite good. Yeah, what's this really preying on? Uh, this version has very little combat, like it's got eight yeah, with combat weapons, but four attacks at most per model. Yeah, hitting on threes. Yeah, the stalkers sometimes get plus one to wound if you're able to shoot the thing that was next to the thing uh, that you're actually punching. Yeah. Uh, yeah, four attacks hit on threes, not fantastic. Uh, I played a couple of games and it it, it kind of went okay versus GSC. 
if you went first, you can cover the board and stop them scoring. You just enough. push. Yeah, you just kind of push enough, but eventually they just you can't block everywhere, and then they just start knocking you back down. You yeah. can you might get seven or eight if you're lucky, but yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those lists where it maybe it isn't smashing a lot of things, but it unless you're like an Eldar and you're very good at killing tanks, it's also quite difficult to manage skill. Like this smashes guard, especially if it goes first, because they're sat in a corner and it's just too much mech. There's like it can do well into nids, because obviously it has a lot of indirect. Uh, this one has ten still. And it can uh, win the shooting fight. Yeah, you knock down monsters with Melter, you can get six brigands, pick up Gaunts and things, but again, it struggles with lone operatives. Because yeah. with no combat, running six brigands sometimes, yeah, unless you're... Yeah, and even like brigands. charging with Starker on a, or a Huntsman into Lictor, you are not really sure you can kill it. Yeah, oh, 100%. Probably not, to be honest with you. But, yeah. uh, but it's very, very good at primary. Like it's very good at just if I just go aggressive and push, I can take a lot of people off primary. Uh, so I'm glad it's there, and I'm interested to see how well it does. But it was yeah, it was an interesting one to see. Yeah, I, I think it's a, at some point the defender that's meant to pull out Eldar and something. Yes. Yeah. And this is an army that might not actually have the best scores, for example, for Germans or Aussies, because it will just get preyed by Eldar. Because if it's attacked by Eldar and something else that just kills those knights, say like Custodies, you're like, cool, we can handle Custodies later, but we cannot handle Eldar later. Yes. Take this one, boy. Like, I did actually find this list that when I played with Cursed Knights too bad at killing Custodes. Because a lot of the time the objectives in the open, well, if you get, it, depending on board choice, there's quite a few times where the objectives are kind of in the open. But it, it's still like I have to put my whole army to kill one block. And then even then, cool. if they pop, feel the pain, it's less likely that you kill a whole block. But yes, I, I know what you mean. And sometimes even like having Trajan survive with one guy, getting real wounds, kills a knight on the marker, and you and, cannot do anything about it. Yeah, exactly. And you just start losing too much, and the attrition war goes against you. It's good into Death Watch. This is good into Death Watch. Like it, I, I, I think feel... in general, knights are decent into Death Watch. Yes, yeah, that's what we kind of found. Where it's just like, okay, yeah, they just don't have enough anti tank to really deal with. But it can be swingy. Like it kind of depends on the Dessos direct shooting. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it can be swingy because it's only 10 shots, etc. So, for sure, wounding on force, it's not something reliable. No, no, for sure. Anyway, let's move forward. And we've got Necrons, and that's the final list that they've got. So, this is another cookie cutter army, but with a completely different take within it. Mm. So, we've got three hex marks. I think one of the best loan operatives in the game, by the way. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. With resurrection and stuff, if I remember, they can resurrect, so th this is a pain in the ass to actually handle. Although yeah. Necron resurrection happens immediately, mm. so you need to know about it. Like, for example, if you have precision attacks like with Shalaxi, and that model is not hidden, uh, you can kill a character, it immediately needs to go get back in the midst of your attack process. So the oh, remaining cool. attacks kill the character as well, again. Nice. So, okay. so there are like the small interactions with warding. I think Necrons are the only resurrection that happens at the same, like immediately. Every other resurrection happens at the end of the phase. But yeah. anyway, there's three hex mark, Lord with Stealth, Nemesaur, which gives buffs to shooting, uh, if you do not know. Either lethal sustain or dev wounds, it's random. Or you can the diviner, and also Nemesor has uh, Vect. Or you can the diviner, so four up Invul for his unit. Technomancer with Veil, three Trask Tan, one with four up Philopane, 20 warriors with Reapers. That will probably have 
Orican and Technomancer in it, I would wager. Yeah, probably. Uh, uh, no, they are both cryptics. Actually, you cannot have both of them. Uh, so you probably have Orican and one of the lords with the warriors, and the other ones with Lich Guard. Mm -hmm. So I would say Orican and Nemesor with warriors, Lord and Technomancer with Lich Guard, and you have Reanimator and two times two trolls that join the Necrons. Uh, I mean the big blobs. So this army. Uh, what do you think about this build? So it's kind of along the same lines as a lot of the others. It's kind of two massive blocks, tons of characters, multiple satellites. Three tons. <laughs> yeah, this one's got three tons. Well, I guess Liam's had two, but yeah, this one's got three. Uh, <clears throat> Which are probably there to do secondaries because they can teleport around and actually yes, do the missions. They're just bouncing around the whole time. Which again is Necron's kind of weakest aspect as they are slow at the moment. So it was always difficult where a lot I think a lot of the Necron armies looked initially at taking loads of damage output because you could put it with doomsday arcs and destroyers and things like that. But then the problem was it was like uh, the terrain doesn't help, and then okay, well, actually the list is too slow at scoring cards, so they end up turning into like, these very unkillable blocks. Uh, and imagine it does similar things in pairings to the previous two that we discussed. Uh, but yeah, it's just if you can't put these units down in one go, they're just going to come back and come back with an yeah. vengeance and just keep scoring and scoring and scoring, or denying you scoring. Uh, Lich Guard are better into some armies, while Warriors are better into others. So yes. I'm, I'm not like a very op against playing one and one. No, because no, then, you, the then you can play differently on the board depending on the matchup, on the where you're playing. Sometimes with this list, you cannot take Veil in Warriors. I'll double check it, but I'm pretty sure that only one cryptic and one lord because that would make sense lore wise as well. Yeah. Uh, so let me check that one so I'm not saying bullshit. <laughs> and how how you, would you pair it then? Again, it seems like a lot of the Necron list because it doesn't necessarily have the ability to push differential as much with its scoring. Uh, it does seem like one of those lists that will just kind of get points out of anything. It still struggles with Eldar, it still struggles with GSC, uh, but again, it can survive a little bit against GSC more than most things. Uh, so yeah, I would feel it's one of those it's a very solid put forward that not a lot of armies want to go, uh, well... What if it takes away Eldar or GSC as you're put forward, you're completely fine with it. As long as to... you feel it's going to get at least some points, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no point taking Eldar out if you get one or two points. Like, because an Eldar player will go, I still took 18. Obviously, the perfect the perfect strategy for Matrix is your, your Eldar army goes gets 17-3 against one of their top armies. That's That might be the difference in some rounds. But, yeah, if Necrons, like you say, they're either playing something for a draw and using up one of your put-forwards, or they are taking out one of the worst matchups and freeing up the Matrix for everybody else later. Which, considering 10th now has two of the most oppressive armies we've seen at WTCs in the last 10 years, maybe, it does feel like actually that's not an awful thing anymore. Because the Matrixes do seem a little bit more... I've got a couple of good matchups, a couple of bad matchups, and then two awful matchups versus Elder and GSC, which just seem to be relatively unavoidable for most armies now. Making the put forward job quite difficult this year, I think. It'll be interesting to see yeah. how teams will get over that. Yeah, that's not easy easy thing to solve. So how do you like the team composition overall? Because people like were it. People were saying, like, this is something out there, and I don't really feel like it's out there. There are some choices, but it's... it's like what, what key armies do we normally see that they didn't take? 
They took Thousand Sons. They took Custodes. Yeah, they took they that took Eldar. They do not they have CSM, but, but I can that's, see we also story. didn't take CSM, which I think, like, it depends how it how the army performed in your testing, right? Yeah. So, so what, they took CK and Demons. They're maybe the only two that you would look at and go, oh, they're an interesting choice. But other than that, they took pretty much all what we consider the top armies. What's the other... There's a top army we've missed. Oh, there isn't. No, there's usually it's those two. Usually there's like kind yeah. of a basic six, and then you pick a couple choice yeah. points. So, yeah. So everything everything seems like like a decent choice. I don't necessarily think that they've made choices that are out there. So no. I, it, it seems solid. Like we definitely, as Poland and England, value Raidguard way more than MSU. For sure. But yeah. That's just our thing. So, mm -hmm. uh, anything else to add? No. Again, I love the German guys. They're fantastic. I hope they do well this year. Uh, and it'd be interesting to see how some of the more interesting. I'm interested to see how the demon list does. I'm interested to see how the 14 baby knight CK list does. Uh, and I'm interested to see how the non wraith knight Eldar list does also from demons. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's like a few choices that I'm curious about. So yeah. we'll see how it performs. And yeah, and we'll probably try to record another one of those tomorrow, I guess. Yeah, sounds good. So if you have any other remaining team that you want to ask to actually cover, please tell us so in the comments. We might... Because we need to figure something out if you're not taking England and Poland. And yes, yeah, I, I, do. I don't really like we can always cover France because they also have two interesting lists, mm -hmm. I think. That's but and also, it's not if we were to cover like Spain, you guys already have them in your pod, so I don't think we want to cover armies that or not armies, but teams that might spoil some of our preparation as well. So Yes, I would probably get a very uh, unwelcome text from the England captain to be like, stop telling Spain what we're planning to do. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I already got some comments like that for, from previous episodes for uh, right, fair enough. saying some yeah. stuff. <laughs> fair enough. Oh, well, that's the life of being a coverage yeah. guy, right? Yeah. That we might like not get access next year, boy. Yeah, that sounds like a you problem, not a us problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, thanks for listening. And as I said, if you have any other team that you want us to cover, like the spicy Black Templar French choice, please tell so in the comments. And see you in the next one. Thanks, guys. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.